0: So the assumption, um, if you, I don't know if anyone could have anticipated uh, or predicted how necessary the assumption would be in 2021, um, right now in our day and age. Uh, so there's a story that I'll tell that I've told like years and years ago because um, it was one of those remarkable things. So I was in seminary and at one point I went home for a long weekend visit or something. I went up to my, my childhood bedroom. My mom had kept it there and uh, <laughs> didn't remodel it. And uh, on my bed was a children's book. Um, and... It was a children's book that my mom had gone to a funeral of a friend at this at this time years ago, and uh, they read it at the person's funeral. My mom really liked it, and so she got me this book thinking like, oh, maybe, you know, if you get ordained, you go all the way with this, you'll do funerals, and then you, maybe you can read this book at funerals. And so I re- looked at it. It was book, a book called The Next Place, and um, in it, it's, it was all about heaven, all about the next place, about life after death. And... Uh, In it, it said something like, you know, in the next place, I will no longer be tall or short. You know, in the next place, I'll no longer be fat or thin. In the next place, I will no longer be a boy or a girl. And I'll finally, in the next place, I'll finally be free to just be me. And uh, I remember reading it and walking down. Stairs into the kitchen, and my mom was like, "Oh, you like that book?" And I'm like, "Well, um, it's heresy," <laughs> and she was like, "But I like it." I'm like, "Well, mommy, you're a heretic." That's the thing, because although there's a lot of good ideas, they're like, "I won't be fat or thin or tall or short," all these kind of things. Like the reality, of course, is the that that you are your body. Like what a human being is, a human being is a body and soul together. That's what a human being. Is You're not your soul. You're not simply a body. You are your body and your soul. And this book was all about like, no, at some point you get to be free of your body to just be yourself. But the Christian worldview is that you are your body. And so you don't, you don't, we don't become free of our bodies in death. In fact, we believe in this thing that we say every single Sunday, I believe in the resurrection of the body. That doesn't just mean Jesus' resurrection. That means the fact that, that at the end of time, every human being, every human being, whether we are risen to glory or risen to um, utter shame, risen in glory in heaven or in hell, we will all hate our bodies back for all eternity. Because what a human being is, is a body and a soul together. And to separate that and to deny that is to, it's, it's, it's actually to deny the heart of Christianity. And this is one of the things like, so um, one of the things that we we will do, we have a thing called the Theology of the Body like seminar here on campus. And one of the kind of the, I, I guess, sticks, I think we probably call it, is at one point we say, okay, um, everyone, we I have sort of volunteer and we have Bob. We have Bob stand up and say, okay, Bob, come up to the front. And okay, everyone look at Bob's body. And the, the funny thing about this is because we're like, what? I got to look at Bob's body. Like, but that's what you have to do, right? If you're looking at Bob, if I were to say, hey, look at Bob, you would look at his body that's how you, the only way you can see bob in fact john paul ii he had said he said the body and it alone is capable of making visible the invisible the spiritual and divine like the, the as human beings right as as you and i there's nothing we've ever known that we haven't known in and through our bodies there's no one you love that you haven't loved in and through your body, whether that's hearing the words, I love you, saying the words, I love you, holding that person's hand, whatever the thing, feeding someone and being fed by them because they care about you. you. The only way you and I have ever possibly known anything, known anyone or known any love has always been in and through our bodies because you are your body. And then this is so profound again, once, once again, the body in it alone is capable of making visible the invisible, the spiritual and the divine. This so, is so profound. and so rooted in what we are as Christians. Is um, So some of my ancestors, like Germanic and Nordic-type people, um, at one point when Christianity came to the Germanic people, came to the Nordic people, they had a custom. And the custom was, in death, you would have a funeral pyre, right? In death, you would you would burn the body to destruction. and. If you were going to be a Christian, you couldn't have that happen. You couldn't do that. You couldn't be cremated, essentially. Why? Because those Germanic, those Nordic people, they believed, they saw the body as, as a trap. They saw the body as a shell. They saw the body as the thing that, that encaged the real you. And if you wanted to actually have the real you, your soul, escape and be free, you had to destroy the body. And so what it, what it meant was that if you were a Christian and you were Germanic or you're Nordic or whatever it was, you couldn't actually be cremated. So that's one of the reasons why the church had, for years, centuries, really, had prohibited Christians from being cremated because it was seen as, well, it was intended as the denial and the destruction of the body. Now you can be cremated now if you want, um, because um, typically when people are being cremated, they're not cremated because they don't believe the body is part of them. They believe it because, like my sister, she's like, I don't want to like wake up in a coffin somewhere. I'm like, okay, I get it. And like, you want to wake up in a furnace, though. I get it. Um, but but that sense of you couldn't be cremated because in, if you meant it, if by doing that, you meant to deny the reality of the body. And yet that's what we, I think we find ourselves in a culture right now that denies the reality of the body. In fact, back into 2012, crying out loud, almost 10 years ago, um, Minnesota would face this big debate. The, debate. the debate was over same-sex marriage. And I remember I actually literally participated in a debate up at the local Catholic college here. And at one point um, I was... I was arguing for the traditional definition of marriage. At one point, the my counterpart, the person I was debating, he said this line. He said, "He said I'm not defined by my biology." I, I must have had some kind of look on my face that was like, "Oh my gosh!" Because the moderator said, "Father Schmitz, do you have something to say?" I said, "Oh my gosh, yes, yes," because this just that 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 statement, that that line, "I'm not defined by my biology." I said that, that reveals everything we're actually talking about, everything we're really arguing about here because this is not a debate about the definition of marriage. This is not the debate about sexual morality. This isn't even a debate about morality itself. This is debate about right, conflicting worldviews, that one is a Christian worldview that says you are your body, and what this other person was proposing was what we call a Gnostic worldview, the Gnostic worldview that says that your, your body isn't actually you that the, says the material world, the flesh, isn't actually good. And this is, this is the, the, the critical debate because at the heart of Christianity is the body. Now here, here's, I mean, again, again this is not just a 2021, this is not a political thing, this is, not a, this is a Christian worldview kind of a thing. At the heart of Christianity is the body. I mean, think about, it. the greatest mystery in Christianity is the Trinity, right? It's the God's very identity. But the second biggest mystery in all of Christianity, which is means on all the universe, is this thing called the incarnation. Right, so what's the incarnation? Incarnation, um, if you spoke Spanish, you know that um, carne means meat, right? So the incarnation is not God becoming Spanish, but the the incarnation is the in of God, like the enfleshment of God that at some point, here's God who has no body, right, who's immaterial. At some point in history, God wills to take on himself a body. Now, why does he do this? He does this to save us, to redeem humanity. Now, how could God have done it? He could have done it any way he wanted because he's God. God who created the world just by willing it, he he could say, you know, saved. God, God who created the world by willing it, by simply saying the words, he could have redeemed the world by simply willing it, by simply saying the words. But how did he do it? How did he redeem this world? How did he redeem you and me? He did it by taking on a body and by living in that body and by sleeping and eating and suffering in that body, by dying in that body, by rising in that body. That's one of the reasons why there's this early church father named Tertullian. And Tertullian said, the flesh is the hinge of salvation. It's because it's in in Christ's very body that we're given salvation. I mean, even think think about, that's not only how God saved the world, it's by living on this world and suffering and dying and rising in his body. But That's how he gave you salvation. I mean, think, how, how were you made into a child of God? Well, water was poured over your body. How, if you've ever been given the anointing of the sick, how are you given that healing? Well, oil was put on your body. If you've ever been given a sacrament of reconciliation, how are you given that? Well, the sign of the cross was, was made over your body and you heard those words spoken out loud over you. I absolve you of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Holy Son and Holy Spirit. I mean, the, great, the greatest gift we've ever been given, which is the Eucharist, is what? It's we take his body and receive it in our bodies. See, salvation, is, this is the most incredible thing. Salvation is not just about the soul. Salvation is about the soul and the body. Why? Because you are not just a soul. You are a soul and a body. And here is God himself who saves us through his body, and he saves us by touching our bodies. I mean, this is, this is the most incredible thing. I mean, think about this. Not only do we have the incarnation, right, the enfleshment of God, that on this life and this earth, he lives and he suffers and he dies and he rises in his body, but there's this other piece called the ascension, where God, Jesus Christ, ascends to heaven. And what does he do? He doesn't leave that body here. He ascended to heaven. You know what that means? That means that God has permanently decided that for eternity, for the rest of eternity, for until time doesn't ever end, God has forever united humanity to divinity. What does that mean? That means that from all eternity, now forever, human being, a human body is going to be united to divinity forever. This is how important the body is. And today's feast, today's feast of the Assumption of Mary highlights not just the goodness of the body, but the goodness of your body. I mean, this is, this is the key. Because here, the incarnation, of course, that's, that's the goodness of the body, the resurrection, the ascension of Jesus in heaven, of course, that's the goodness of the body. But the assumption of Mary highlights the goodness of your body. Because Christ's body, of course, but it's just simply purely human, like Mary, her body being assumed into heaven, body and blood, Body and soul for all eternity highlights the goodness of your body and the goodness aimed essentially of the woman's body. You know, if you ever, again, I mentioned this is, the, this is the worldview between a Christian worldview and a Gnostic worldview, there's a Gnostic gospel called the Gospel of St. Thomas, which is just, it's a false gospel, right? At the end of the Gospel of Thomas, there's this scene where um, G- Peter is talking to Jesus about Mary Magdalene, and he says, what about Mary Magdalene? What about her? Will she go to heaven too? And Jesus says, don't worry, I'll turn her into a man so she can go to heaven too. And now again, <laughs> this is not a Christian gospel, this is a Gnostic gospel, it's a false gospel. But think about this, I'll turn her into a man so she can go to heaven too. That's not Christianity. Because Christianity says that no, there is a woman's body in heaven already. That what Mary is experiencing, what she's participating in, is what is your destiny and my destiny. That your body is meant to be fully redeemed and fully glorified for all eternity in heaven. That your body, not someone else's. Your body, not a different version your body completely healed of whatever brokenness, healed of whatever woundedness, healed of whatever thing drags it down right now, but completely transformed. And <laughs> this is so cool. The kind of body that will glorify the Lord forever in heaven. This is the reason why we celebrate the Feast of the Assumption today. And this is why we need in 2021 to absolutely celebrate the Feast of the, the, Feast of the Assumption. Because we need to never, ever forget. You are your body. And your body has a destiny. And that destiny is to be with God forever in heaven. To glorify God forever in heaven. So we give God praise right now. We say, God, prepare us. Right? Because he didn't just come to save your soul. He came to save you. And what you are is not just a soul, you are also a body. And so we participate in this glorification, this resurrection, this ascension, Mary's assumption. One day when we, our bodies are resurrected as well, one day when our bodies are glorified as well, is gonna be the day where your body and mine dwell in eternity in heaven with God and give Him glory like Mary's does already.